But I want to talk about something that is a word today that has been probably used more in the last four or five months than it's ever been used in my lifetime. I want to talk to you this morning about some essentials. Um, you know, this word has been bounced around all over our nation during this pandemic thing. And it's amazing to me how we determine what is and what is not essential. And I thought, well, I might just talk about that this morning because I want to tell you, uh, in an uncertain day like we've had in the last several months, let me back up and say that God is not shook up and He's not nervous. Everything's all right in the Father's house. Can you say amen? Amen. And I thank God for the stability of that, don't you? This word, essentials, I know that it has been argued in our society today what is and is not essential, and I'm going to leave that to them. So let me just give us a dictionary uh, words for what essential means. First of all, it means substantial or very basic, absolutely indispensable, necessary, Highly important. And those are good words to help us describe what is and is not essential. If I were to ask today a biologist what he thought was essential, he would probably respond by saying air, water, food, light, those kind of things. If we were to ask a pharmacist, what do you think essentials are? He would probably mention minerals, vitamins, and on and on in the pharmaceutical medicine type direction. If we were to ask a survivalist, what does he think is essential? He would probably say a shotgun, ammunition, water, and a bunker. And maybe some more stuff, I don't know. But I want to declare to you today that human beings are created as image bearers of God. And there is more to us than brute beasts. There's more to us than just a body and just a soulish realm, which is an emotion, a mind, and instincts. We are what is called a triune being. We have a body, but we have a soul. And additionally, compared to other creatures, we have a spirit in us. It is a God part in us. That sets us apart. That means we're required more than brute beasts. We, we live in an entirely different mode of living. And as triune beings, as such, we have additional needs that are just as essential as air, food, water, shelter, etc. We have emotional needs and spirit needs as well. I think it was Mark Twain that I remember as a teenager reading about. He said, human beings are the only creature God created that ever blushes or ever needed to. We're, we're just, we have, we have a, we're, we're more complex in our creation than the animal kingdom. Have, have you ever just wondered sometimes, just to get off my notes and, and just meddle a minute, have you ever just wished you, you had a life as simple as a fish? I mean, your, your, your dinner, your breakfast, everything just swims by and you just take it in. 
<laughs> I mean, oh, there comes a mental looks like a steak. You ever wish your life were that simple? You don't even know how to answer. I don't. I don't either. I, I just. I, I think sometimes we 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 desire the simple. But ladies and gentlemen, we are complex beings and we're in a complex world and we're against a faithful, powerful enemy. And I will say this, he has at least, from my perspective, at least 6,000 years experience on everyone in this room and on the internet and without God and his spirit, you're no match for him. That's why we need God. So I want to talk about some essentials that are important for us, essential. First of all, I want to share with you that years and years ago, I remember just writing words down. I heard a minister preach along these lines. I just took notes. I don't know who it was. I don't know when it was. If I knew it, I would give him credit on and on. I just remember the words, and so I'll just have to do with them the best that I can. I'm sure what he did was much better than what I'll do, but give him credit whoever he was. Essentials. First of all, we need power to live on. We have to have power that is beyond what vitamins and minerals and food can do for us. Ladies and gentlemen, we need energy. We must exist while God gives us life. I want to declare to you that change and stress and conflict and delay and frustration and on and on, all these things absolutely, even our everyday work, drain us of our energies. It was said that in 1973, the average work week in America was 40.3 hours per week. It got up in like 05 to over 50 hours a week. I think now it's actually back down some. But many exceed even those things because they have two jobs. And a lot of people work 60 and 80 hours per week in America. And I'm talking about how do we physically, spiritually, emotionally, in all of our being, how do we get our energy to keep going? I want to share something with you that's important for the Christian. It's even important for the lost. The genuine so-called secret or the power that we have is to focus upon God. He it is that created us. He it is that designed us for relationship with himself. I just want to put it as plainly as I can. If you're not in relationship with and close to God every day, Satan is trying to take from you and will ruin you. I want to make this clear again. I've said it many times. Many of you have heard it. Life never turns out right without God. It never has. It never will. Doesn't mean there aren't some pleasures. Doesn't mean there aren't a lot of fun things and fun times. But the difference is this. If you do not live for God and take His Spirit, if you will, energy in you, your life will be meaningless. Satan robs and deletes us of energy and life itself. He can get us so preoccupied and so busy and so demanded that we have no time and make no time for God. I've said another thing for, for decades. This hurried, 
rushed, demanding schedule that we have robs us of intimacy with God. America is weak today, and we are weakening because we do not have the presence of God in our lives. Thank you for that amen. I got three of them. This, the more we focus on God, the more power we have to live in peace and in strength. I just want to be very clear. There is a body, soul, spirit refreshing and renewing in the presence of God himself. And this morning I've chosen, instead of reading the scripture up front of the point, I want to read it at the back. So the scripture for point one, that we need power for our life, is Isaiah 40. The old prophet wrote it. Verse 28. Have you not known... Have you not heard the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, neither faints nor is weary. His understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the weak, and to those who have no might, he increases strength. Even the youth shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fall. But those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up like wings, like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Your strength comes from time with God. Your power comes from time with God. Everything about the right direction, right thought, right everything, holiness, purity, Patience, love, gentleness, meekness, kindness, all the fruit that God has that comes with the Spirit comes because we spend time with God. Don't let Satan rob you of time with God. It's the power that God gives us to live. Amen. Secondly, we are essential need people to live with. We need people. We need people. We were made for fellowship. We were made for relationships. Genesis 2.18 said, It is not good that man should live alone. When God made Adam, he immediately saw that men was made for fellowship with himself. But Adam needed fellowship here on earth too. From the Department of Mental Health, listen to a report about it, this, this fellowship and relationship. The Department of Mental Health says if you have no close relationship, he or she is three times more likely to die an early death. Four times without close relationships, four times more likely to suffer emotional burnout. You know what that means? We need each other to encourage one another, we need that fellowship, that friendship. Without it, we are five times more likely to be clinically depressed. Five times. And listen to this. And ten times, without friends and close relationships, we are ten times more likely to be hospitalized for emotional and mental disorders. I've watched some this uh, 
show on television. It's called Alone. Anybody ever watched any of it? I watch it. First of all, I want to learn how to be a survivalist. I want to learn how to make fire out of nothing and how to kill a bear like David did and a lion. I want to, I want to, I, I just, I like the adventure. I like that. But I want to tell you, have you ever watched them? After there's no relationship with human beings, after they're apart, they start coming apart at the emotional and spiritual scenes. I mean, big guys that are powerful that take a spear and throw it through an alligator or something. These guys weep like babies. You know why? Because they're breaking down. There's no relationship. There's no communication. And I want to just tell you something. One of the problems that I believe has come and Satan has brought this pandemic across this world is to begin to keep us apart. And I'm talking about humanity all over this planet. I read here a few days ago where I can't remember how many years ago it was, but the, the uh, National Health, Health Organization said that you distancing, social distancing. I just thought this thing came five months ago. I didn't know it was here for years. Pardon my ignorance. I didn't know it. I've never been socially distanced from anybody that I know of. But... But not, I didn't even know the term existed. But they said you can, it's three feet is all that's required. Guess what? They changed it to six feet. And there's this psychological thing. If we're within three feet of one another and we don't invade each other's what's called proximity, which is 18 inches, and 18 inches is 36 inches, we can communicate, we can have a relationship, we can know one another and do that within three feet. But you put us six feet apart, psychologically, we separate. And, and we can get isolated. And if you don't believe that, look, listen to this. Have you ever noticed, and I see it on TV now, used to when I was in church, everybody in church hugs one another. It's been that way all my life. You know what? That's an expression of brotherly love and kindness and affection and relationship. And, 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 a, and, a, and a people of precious faith want to express that. Do you know even outside the church world, now I see people on television, you know, if they're in contests and all this. You know what? They run up and hug one another. Even these guys that just beat the soup out of each other. I mean, they bust each other and cut their face and beat on. When it's over, they come up and embrace. What's that all about? It's because there is in us this craving for relationships. We just have that built in. So where do we develop relationships? I think the best place is in the house of God. I don't want to live without the household of faith. But when we come to the house of God, we come with two great needs. We need genuine fellowship with people, and we need presence with God. Amen. I want you to listen. When you start skimping on relationships, when you decide you're going to totally withdraw from society, it will cause an empty you. You will, you will begin to isolate. You'll begin to feel lonely. And you're no match for Satan by yourself. You need God and God's people. We need one another. We need, need each other to share life with. You know what? I want you to grow old with me. <laughs> Thank you, Martin. Good to have you back in service this morning. Let's welcome Martin back in service, our senior adult pastor. 
I need you to grow old with me. I'm afraid one of the things about this pandemic that is a problem is that we lose, I don't want us to feel isolated and lose relationship and affection, especially this, which I believe is important. It's the fellowship of the body of Christ where we can come in agreement in prayer and tear down strongholds of Satan. So I want to share something with you. During this pandemic, I want you to take a list of everybody you know that your friends at Christ's Legacy and across the nation that are Christian people that you know and love. Get on Facebook. Give them a call. Get on Zoom. Do FaceTime. Do whatever you can. But stay connected as much as possible. Why? Because we need people to share life with. Do you have any idea how some of the people who are, aren't able to be in church with us for four or five months or more, you have any idea how much they would love for you to call them and say, you know what, I did this week, I did last week, I did the week before. I take so many and try to call them and say, I haven't seen you. I want you to know I love you and I miss you in church. You can't, I can't tell you. Every person I've called has said, Pastor, thanks for calling, thanks for calling. We have to have people. Look at this, Ecclesiastes. Here's the verse of Scripture, chapter 4, and I'm reading at 9 and 10. The Scripture says this, Two are better than one, because they have a good reward for their labor. For if they fall, one will lift up his companion. But woe to him who is alone when he falls, for he has no one to help him up. You know what? I, I, I saw this deal the other day. Matter of fact, his brother Martin Perriman, I think, sent it to me. He sent me this. It was a fun joke thing. Remember this thing which they have this button you can push and they say, help, I've fallen and I can't get up? Martin sent me a deal where a lady in her 80s decided she wanted to come and jump out of an airplane, skydive, in, in the mid-80s before she goes on to glory, I guess, and hope. Anyway, she got up there, and she became frightened and scared to death. So she took her phone and called to the guy on the ground, and she said, Help, I've climbed up high, and I can't fall down. <laughs> well, I thought that was funnier than you did. <laughs> we need one another. We need one another. We need one another. Thirdly, principles to live by. And I want to tell you, here's where America's losing her moors today. We've all heard the slogan, if you stand for nothing, you'll fall for anything. And I believe there's a lot of truth in that. But today I want to declare for you, to you the last 30, 40 plus years we have taught in America's institutions of learning. We have taught that there are no absolute truths. We have placed in the mind of our this younger generation that there are no absolute truths. So therefore, there is no absolute right and there is no absolute wrong. You know what that means? That means then, if there's no absolute truth, no absolute right, no absolute wrong, it means there's absolutely no law, and I don't have to require any behavior out of myself. I can disobey the law and everybody just live with it. I want no restraint. I want no restriction. It's my life. I live the way I want to. The, nobody has a right to tell me anything. I'm my God to myself. You let that happen, and we're no longer in a civil world. Okay. 
I want to ask you something. Are you really absolutely sure there are no absolute truths? Are you sure? Ladies and gentlemen, young people, God gave us the Bible. Principles, the problem today is that the principles of God's Word are exactly opposite of the message and the culture that we are hearing and seeing today, even in our own country. Sir, madam, young person, young dad, grandparents, grandchildren, whoever, when everything falls apart, let me ask you something. When all the values that you've lived for, it all turns out for naught, what are you going to stand on? What are you going to stand on? I want all of you to think we don't need laws and we don't need policemen and we don't need courts and we don't need anybody to help us do anything where we can be God to ourselves. What in the world do you think this world will be just five years from now? Look more than a half inch in front of your nose and understand something. We're on the way to destruction if we don't have a revival in this world, not only this country. Well, Pastor, I don't think you ought to be saying things like that. I think we better get more bold, ladies and gentlemen. I want to tell you, Satan has a target on this nation. And hundreds of thousands and millions of people are losing their footing. And it sounds so human reasonable. Pastor, don't you think that... We're losing our footing because we build our lives on shifting foundations and selfish temporal values filled with lust of the flesh, lust of the eye, and the pride of life. You don't want to know why so many families and marriages and society are all falling apart? Hear me. Tolerance is not the answer. Tolerance will not set you free. In the end, tolerance will ensnare you. The truth will set you free. It is truth that will set you free. Come on, saints. Let's say praise God or something. It's not opinion. It's not organizations. The church, parents, youth, mom, dad, schools. What principles are we going to build on? What principles are we going to declare and defend I want to go to this book. I'm going to Matthew chapter 7. I want to read this. I, I hope this goes all across the nation. I want you to read what the Christ said about living life and values. I'm reading Matthew 7. I'm at verse 21. Listen to the Christ God's Son speak. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven. So let me say something. There's a lot of people who believe there's a lot of Christians that are goofy. I'm using the, the Greek word goofy. And they're right about a lot of that. Sometimes, sometimes people that get religion can be the silliest people around. Can I tell you something? I love what I think it was Tozer said years ago. He said, when you get saved, don't throw, throw your brain away. You're going to need it. Listen, God gave us a brain, and he gave us his word, and he wants to teach us so that we can be People that know God and not ridiculous, foolish people. And Jesus even addresses, some of these people are going to say, Lord, Lord, verse 21, and shall enter, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of God. Not everyone who says that shall enter the kingdom of God. 
but he who does the will of the Father in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name? Have we not cast demons in your cast out demons in your name? Have we not done many works in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. Depart from me, those of you who practice lawlessness. Watch the example. Therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him, her, to a wise man, a wise woman, a wise human being. If you hear these things and do them, a wise man who builds his house on the rock. The rock is something that is absolute and it doesn't change. Verse 25, and then the rain descended and the floods came and the winds blew and beat on the house and it did not fall for it was founded on the rock. But everyone who hears these sayings of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand and the rain descended and the floods came and the winds blew and beat on that house and it fell fell and great was its fall I want to be plain this morning but I want to be simple and firm I believe that we're approaching the last days before the end of the church age I believe the coming of Christ for the church to take us away in what's called the the rapture or the great the escape I believe as that is happening, we are seeing wheat and tares grow together. And I believe spiritually, God is even in America saying, make your decision today. Decide now where you're going to spend eternity. Because the time's coming, and it's quickly. And today I want you to know, you can argue with it. You can say it's archaic. You can try to do away with this book all over this world. You can despise it. You can hate it. Yes, you have the right to do all that. But I will tell you this. It is this book which every man, every woman that's ever lived will stand and give an account of how you reacted to it and did you obey its author. We must have principles by which to live. I just want to declare to you, it's still wrong to murder. It is still a sin to be caught and be involved in adulterous affairs. It is still a sin, ladies and gentlemen, to lie and cheat and steal and be involved in an incestual or a homosexual relationship. Read God's Word. All those who are involved in those things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. And you can get aggravated at this preacher and you can get frustrated at me, but I will tell you this, I wasn't the one who created you. I didn't create the world. I didn't write the book. I just know that he who did is eternal and we'd better get it figured out. You say, well, pastor, I just don't agree with that. Disagree with the master and the creator. You say, Pastor, are you aggravated? No, I'm scared. I'm trying to reach for you, those of you who are disobedient, and you say you don't believe it. I have to try to give you an opportunity to make the right choice. 
I'm not here because I'm against you. I'm here because I love your soul. And I hope and pray, even if you decide to hate me, I hope and pray the Spirit of God will take these words and put them in your spirit and put them in your soul and eventually get there where the light of God's truth will shine so that someday, I pray, when we're in eternity, you can walk up to me and say on August the 2nd, 2020, preacher, you said it, and it finally got through, and I'm glad you did because now I can live eternity in heaven. We're in a serious hour. We can't play games. Number four, plans to live out. Watch this, young people. Listen to this. You can live your life intentionally or accidentally. You can live it for God or you can live it for self. You can make a difference in your world like God wants you to or you can float around like a feather on a breeze. I want us to hear it again. You were made by God and you were made for God. And that God that made you has a plan for you and a plan and a purpose that he wants you to fulfill. I want us to hear this. Serve people, love God. Love people and serve God. Never miss an opportunity to encourage somebody's life. Never miss an opportunity to make a difference in somebody's life. I walked by a guy the other day. I don't know where I was. We had these wonderful masks. He said, Pastor, you like masks only if I'm going to rob a bank. And you know something funny? I, I, let me not forget where I am. Okay. I walked in the bank the other day. I go in the bank all the time. I, I, I don't do what all these young people do. I don't take a picture of the checker. I don't do electronic transfers. I'm, I'm still, I like to go, you know why? Because I, I, I want to meet the people. I, I, I like the tellers. I, I like the banker. I, 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 just, I just like the relationship. I, they walk in and say, hey, Pastor Brooks, how are you? And I just get my own pep rally. You know why? Because I've been friendly with those people. I cut up with them. I care. Well, the other day I walked in. I saw it. I, I, I saw it. It said, mask required, masks uh, available inside. So I walked in. I didn't get five feet in that door. I totally forgot about mask required. And so I woke up. And uh, I woke up to the teller. They got masks on. They got gloves on. I'm surprised they don't have surgical garb on. But they got these plastic things, and we're talking. And I'm, I'm at least four feet from these ladies, and we're talking, Karen. Well, the banker saw me when I was about to leave, and he said, come here. And he stood up. He's about seven feet tall. He used to play basketball. And I cut up with him and all that, and he said, put a mask on, it's required. And I felt like a little kid that just got spanked. <laughs> yes, Daddy. <laughs> I mean, wow, this guy, he played basketball for OU on a national uh, championship. He's, he knows what he's doing. He said, it's required. And I said, you know what I don't like about him? And he said, what's that? And I said, I can't tell if you're smiling or frowning. <laughs> I reached over and grabbed a mask, and I said, I'm out of here, and went out. It's just weird, isn't it? Everybody gets all hung up about masks, and I understand all that. We have plans to live out. Ephesians 2 and 10 says this. For we, listen to these words. Paul wrote this to the church at Ephesus. Listen to it. For we, 
We who are born again, we are his workmanship. Young people, listen to this. God has a plan for you. We are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for what? Good works. Watch this, though. Okay, we got to be goody-two-shoes. No, we have to follow the Lord's will. Watch this. For good works, which God prepared for you and me before we were ever created, before he ever created the world. He said, I wonderfully and fearfully made you and placed you in your mother's womb before the foundation of the earth, these good Works were prepared that we should walk in them. That means God says, I had a reason and a plan I want you to be created to fulfill. Ladies and gentlemen, young people especially hear me all over this world. You'll never know happiness. You'll never know fulfillment. All those things until you get right in the middle of the will of God. That is so true. And lastly, number five purpose. I almost touched on it. There's a plan, but here's a purpose for your life. I know that this, I may get in trouble for this, but I'm used to being in trouble. I want to declare something. You, 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 you by the hundreds and thousands, you matter to God. You're not here by accident. You're here out of divine appointment. There is a purpose. Sad, to be honest with you, most people never, ever discover God's will for their lives. Most people never realize there's a mission that you have to fulfill while you're here. Generation 2020, hear me. I want you to hear me. Entertainment. Power, position, prestige, money, fame, all those things will never fulfill your life. Oh, well, Pastor, if I just get married to Mr. Wonderful and Mr. Handsome, if I just find Mrs. Beautiful and Mrs. Wonderful, we'll be all right. Let me tell you, without God, you won't be all right. Augustine made these words, said these words. Listen to this. You have made us for yourself, O Lord, and our hearts are restless until they rest in you. So I want to say to Christ's legacy, there is a God-ordained need in this city, and we are duty-bound to fulfill it. I want to say this to our national leaders all over this country, especially in Washington. There is a God-ordained need in this country, and you are God-ordained, duty-bound to meet that need and not your own. You are here for God's purpose, not for selfish purposes. You are here to do what is right for this nation and its people and not for yourself. Student, there is a God-ordained purpose for you on a campus and at your home. Parent, there's a God-ordained purpose for you, the children God gave you. Resident, there is a God-ordained mission field on your street, and you are duty-bound to accomplish the purpose of God in your life. 
Matthew 28, 19. Make disciples and baptize them and teach them. 1 Corinthians 10, 31. Whatever you do, do it all to the glory of the Lord. Yes, there's some essentials in life. A power to live on. A people to live with. Principles to live by. Plans to live out. And a purpose to live for. I want to share with you that I have enjoyed these things. I've enjoyed my life ever since I was a young boy. I will tell you that through life I have laughed and I've cried. I have hurt and I have healed. I have sown, planted, and I have reaped. I have loved And thank God I've been loved. And it's all in preparation for a day that I'm waiting for anxiously. I call it my heaven-bound calling. My heaven-bound appointment. I want to share with you my life has been rich. It has been rich. Because of His power, my life is rich. Because of His people, my life is rich. Because of His principles, my life is rich. Because of His plans, my life is rich. For His purpose, my life has been rich. I don't know when I'm going home if the Lord calls me before this message is over I'll meet you there okay how many of you want to be there (laughs) it's been rich generation 2020 our whole society is struggling to determine what we're going to follow I believe what I preached to you this morning are some essentials essentials follow these When emergencies come, and when it seems like Satan comes in like a flood, I will tell you that these principles are the ones we lean on. We've all said this, and it's true. I don't know what people who don't know the Lord do. I'll tell you what they do. They do the best they can on their own, and they struggle through it, and many of them, many of them, are filled with heartache and loss. Because ladies and gentlemen, we still need God.